What's up, guys? Welcome back to The Inner Athlete. This is episode number 45. And man, I am just so fired up after watching the last few weeks of CrossFit semifinals. Also myself getting ready for going into my next competition season, uh, which is coming up quicker than I'd like it to. The CrossFit Games is officially, I think, about maybe four or five weeks away from now. So I know that I've got my own train that's going to be stepping up. And I thought it would be a good idea to put an episode together. Um, this is going to be kind of a catch-all. There's a few different topics that I wanted to discuss today. One of them being um, fitness trackers and recovery tools, such as like the Whoop, the Aura Ring, things like that. I also wanted to talk a little bit about uh, maybe some of the things that people don't think about that really play a factor into what makes good athletes great and some things that you might be actually wanting to implement in your own routine to hopefully help you take your own uh, fitness to the next level. And then a little bit more about how, how training like an athlete can really train us in other areas of our lives and how we can be more successful elsewhere. And why a lot of the same applications I use on myself as an athlete, I am able to use on my nutrition clients, even though they aren't necessarily competitive in any type of sport themselves. So a little bit of everything today, because it all kind of intertwines, like I said, and I just really wanted to, uh, I don't know. I just wanted to chit chat about it a little bit. And the first one I want to start start talking about a little bit is is the Whoop Strap and the recovery tools such as Whoop Strap or a ring. I believe Amazon has one. And I'm going to tell you right now, I didn't go researching all the differences in all of them and kind of going um, going through all the nuanced stuff about it. But what I really want to talk about is, I guess my experience with the Whoop Strap, and I think that all of them out there are pretty comparative. But I think what I really like about the Whoop Strap in general, which I'm going to go into more in depth with what that is, is that it seems like they are constantly trying to do more research, constantly trying to bring the level of uh, accuracy up on what they're tracking and um, constantly trying to evolve the way that they're using their tracker for other purposes outside of just, hey, are we ready to work out or do we need to go back to bed? And so it's really cool as I'm actually looking at my loop strap, which I'm going to take my little charger off. So I'm going to just kind of talk to you guys a little bit about, I guess you can call it a review. Um, by the way, I'm not sponsored by Whoop, uh, no affiliation. They don't sponsor my podcast or anything, but, um, I've been using my whoop since November and whenever I'm asked, do you think I need to get a whoop strap? I always tell people if your goal is to optimize things, it's always a good idea to do something like this. Even if it's not a permanent thing, even if you just did it for six months, you know, which that's pretty much the standard membership on the whoop. Uh, and I do like that because at the end of the day, yeah, you're investing 30 bucks a month. Um, but the information, the feedback you get on it is is kind of something that you're not going to get anywhere else unless you have some access to some like crazy medical testing and stuff like that. But anyways, so here's a couple of things that I've really liked about using my whoop strap and what I think can help not even just athletes, but those of you guys out there that deal with things like anxiety, um, even like even cravings and like obviously having issues with like nutrition compliance, um, stress, uh, maybe just having a hard time with fatigue throughout the day. But there's a couple of really cool things that I really like the features that I like for one, uh, I used to wear a Garmin watch and the whoop strap is way more, uh, what's sort of like accurate in terms of tracking my sleep. So my Garmin, I had one of the mid grade Garmin's, it was about the $300 Vivo active. Um, and I loved it. Uh, I liked all of the features on it, but, um, my sleep, it was always telling me that I was getting like seven to eight hours of sleep. And I'll be honest, I've dealt with sleep issues for a very long time. So it was super frustrating that I'm like, God, I never feel refreshed when I wake up. And this thing is telling me like, man, I'm getting like, I'm sleeping like a king. And I got my whoop strap and it was like, nope, you wake up about 15 to 20 times a night. 
Um, your sleep is honestly, honestly, always disrupted. You basically are probably half asleep, half awake most of the night. And so it was kind of like, I have this hunch that I'm not sleeping well. And this was the proof that I needed. I'm a big person on data, which if you're one of my clients, you know, I'm all about things that we can measure because those are the things that we can change. So this is, this was a super cool tool for me to have and be able to see, wow, how bad am I sleeping? Okay, cool. The other thing that I liked about the Whoop, um, not just in terms of sleep, but another feature that I liked is when you first get your Whoop strap, it takes about five days for it to calibrate. So it's not, it's not gauging your data against somebody else's data. It's actually getting five to seven days worth of your data that it's going to average and that's going to become your base. And then from there, everything over or under that base or better or worse than that base is kind of like what they're measuring in terms of how you're in a ready state or maybe in a more depleted state. So it's it's super cool that they do that. I think that that's a really awesome feature that I don't know that all the trackers have, but I know that with the loop strap, I really did enjoy that. Um, so sleep, huge thing for me. Um, it really made me more mindful of watching my sleep and making sure that I'm getting to bed at a decent time, shutting down a little bit early and making sure that I'm ready to get to work and get to training the next day. Um, a couple of other features that I really hadn't ever dove into before having my loop strap was, I mean, I'd always measured my resting heart rate, which is something that I've felt like has always been pretty good being a fit athlete, but, um, I had never really looked at heart rate variability and that's a really cool recovery to re recovery tool. Um, for those of you guys that are looking to kind of like make sure that you're ready for, you know, obviously, um, any kind of, uh, stressful training sessions and stuff like that, but basically what heart rate variability measures, and I want to pull up the actual definition for you. Um, really quickly off of the Whoop website for you. But what it does is it's measuring like the difference in your, like, so we all have like a, a heartbeat and it's basically a heart rate variability is like the difference is the variation and the difference of the time between each beat. And so in a nervous system that is ready, we should have a higher heart rate availability. Um, I'm sorry, a higher heart rate variability. We're in a um, um, more of a overstressed, more of an um, over under recovered person, you might see a, a lower heart rate variability. So you want to kind of keep that up. Once again, the cool thing about the whoop strap is that it is measuring your heart rate variability against your heart rate variability. It's not, it's not actually measuring against somebody else's. So I'm just going to kind of give you the basic uh, webs, or I'm sorry, the uh, definition that I found for you so that you can hear it verbatim. HRV is simply a measure of the variation in time between each heartbeat. This variation is controlled by a primitive part of the nervous system called the autonomic nervous system. It works regardless of our desire and regulates almost other things, amongst other things, our heart rate, blood pressure, breathing, and digestion. The autonomic nervous system is subdivided into two large components, the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous system, also known as your fight and flight and your relaxation response. So that kind of gives you a little bit of an idea of what it is. Now, HRV, it's saying, is an interesting and non-invasive way to identify these ANS imbalances. So if a person is constantly in this fight or flight mode, they're not getting enough recovery, then you're going to see a lower HRV. If they're honestly more recovered, they're going to see a higher HRV. So it's kind of cool to kind of see that. And a couple of other things it talks about is there is a lot of correlation between a lower HRV and worsening depression and anxiety and all these other things. So I'm not going to go into all the, the weeds of that stuff, but that's just one of the really cool features of it that I hadn't ever really looked at before going into using my whoop strap. So HRV, resting heart rate, good for recovery. Um, the other one that was really confusing to me, so those of you guys that are getting the whoop strap, and I'm giving you guys guys like the consumer report from, my, from myself, not any kind of online definition here, is 
um, the strain. The strain was super confusing to me. And this is why, because I would go to the gym and I would bust my ass and it'd be like 10 strain. And then I would have somebody texting me like, oh, I got my strain up to 15 today. I'm like, dude, you do like half the amount of work to me. How is my strain so much lower than yours? And so I was almost like measuring my performance. Like I wasn't working hard enough in the gym because my strain wasn't getting high enough. And that's really not what the strain is there for. The strain is actually more of like a measure of it's, it's, so it's measuring your strain off of your heart strain. So how hard your heart is working, how aerobic you're getting. So in a less fit individual, it is going to be a lot easier to push that strain higher. Now there's a difference if you're a CrossFit Games athlete or a high level athlete out there, obviously you're pushing your strain up because you're already fit. But when you're measuring, once again, population to different populations, it's not really a good correlation. So if I'm measuring myself against my dad, he can get his strain up a lot easier than I can. So he doesn't have to work as hard to get that up. So it's important to know what your strain is. And that's the other cool thing about the whoop strap. And once again, like this is all stuff that definitely I recommend you guys going to the whoop website, getting a little bit more ed education information because they have a ton of it on there. I'm just giving you my personal experience with it. So what I'm asked, do I think that the whoop is a good tool? I do think it's a good tool. I think whether you're using the whoop and the aura ring is similar. Um, it's a little ring that you wear, but for CrossFitters, I find that that can be a little bit cumbersome when you're trying to do bar work. Um, that's why I went with the whoop strap, honestly. Uh, and like I said, there's a couple of other ones. I honestly do not think that the Apple watch and the Garmin compare at all to the accuracy of the whoop strap or the aura ring. Um, just because I feel like the data and the feedback that we're getting is so different. Uh, and I also know, I know that there's a reason why. I think the one thing that bothered me about my whoop strap is two measures that I'm really looking for is my um, steps and obviously having a timer, uh, like a watch. And this has neither of those things. So it's kind of frustrating that I also have to have a watch on. Uh, but I, honestly, I haven't bought a new watch yet. I've just been kind of wearing my whoop strap and dealing with it. So if you're looking at a recovery tracking tool to kind of get yourself you know, on the right path to maybe not even if you're an athlete, but just kind of looking at, Hey, like, let me see how my life is affecting things. This is really cool. Like I had a girl text me yesterday and she was telling me that she was like in a grocery store or a, I'm not, not a grocery store, but some kind of a department store. And her whoop was measuring changes in her uh, stress levels. And she wasn't even working out, but it was like her heart rate was going up and it was measuring that kinds of stuff. So there was even a lot of testing on how it can actually help predict COVID. So that was also a cool thing. Um, but yeah, so little whoop strap review. Now I will say this is going to go into my next step is like, people are going to ask me about, well, what about the Garmin watches? What about the Apple watches? I'll be honest guys. The main thing that I use any of those fitness trackers for should not be caloric burn. And this goes the same thing for the whoop strap. And they will tell you that it is very, very, very hard to get an accurate measure of how many calories a person is burning because there are so many factors into what actually affects uh, a person's metabolic rate. So no fitness tracker out there is reliable in terms of giving you your caloric burn. However, what you can often do if you're a, a food tracker and you do track macros and you do hold a pretty accurate food journal, the cool thing is, is that if you're pretty much consistent with your habits and you're pretty much consistent with your nutrition, you can get a pretty good gauge of how off it is. So for instance, I'm actually going to do that right now with you guys. I'm going to go ahead and take a look. So I'm just going to pull up yesterday. Um, Yesterday, my whoop told me that I burned 2,100 calories, but my actual ingested intake was, what about yesterday? Yesterday I ate calories, come on. 
yesterday ate 3121. So it's off by about a thousand calories. That's a big variance. Now I'm sure that not every person's going to be like that. Um, I can look at different days too. So like, uh, you know, they look at Friday saying I burned about 2,100 calories. I eat pretty much the same thing every day. Thursday, it's saying that I burned about 1500 calories. I don't work out on Thursdays. Uh, Wednesday about 2000. Uh, so I'm averaging somewhere in that 2000 to 2100 calories, sometimes pushing up to 22, depending on the day. Um, and I eat about 29 to 3200 calories. So it's off by about 700 to 1000 calories a day. So just knowing that this is one of the most accurate ones out there. And it's still off because I will tell you, I do track my food very religiously. You know that about me. I'm all, all in on obviously making sure that I'm taking care of myself. So, um, so if you're using the fitness trackers, what I'm going to say is they're great for obviously making sure that you can, well, you can watch your heart rate. If you're like doing any kind of zone training, um, tracking steps, which I think that that's very underrated is how, how much we actually move throughout the day. I don't think people pay enough um, attention to that. Um, and then obviously just having a good watch, but recovery tool, I definitely would go with the whoop. So this kind of got me starting to talk, um, or think a little bit more about, um, how a lot of people out there are also like me. Maybe you're watching all of these athletes on the TV or on the YouTube channel. And you're like, man, I could totally do that. Like, I know if I trained hard enough, I, I did everything right. I could totally make it to the semifinals. Um, or I can totally, like, I want to try and push to go to the games or maybe you're like, man, I just want to be able to get like be able to do those cool movements. Um, and it got me really thinking about how we are in the season when obviously we're enjoying watching other athletes get fit, but there's also a huge opportunity. So right now for me, I'm in season right now. I've got the games in about four weeks, but if I wasn't in season, there is some really cool things that you guys should be doing right now. I shouldn't say really cool, but some really important things you guys should be doing right now. One is if you haven't learned anything about this sport by now, it is that it is, it is constantly evolving and no longer are the days of going to your CrossFit class, hitting a Metcon, staying after and doing skill work. Like that's not what's getting people to the top level of this sport. So yes, that there is often, or there are some outliers and there are also a lot of communities that incorporate class programming into the structure of their program, but these athletes are doing things above and beyond. It's not just going to the gym and hammering ourselves five, six days out of the week because the CrossFit Metcon says like 21-15-9 of these two movements and we're going to go as hard as we can. You know, there's a lot more to it what these CrossFit athletes are doing. And I thought that would be really important for me to kind of maybe give you guys some advice out there who might be looking to take yourself to the next level, regardless of where you think you're going to make it or not. So first and foremost, like right now, if you're coming off of the quarterfinals, if you made it that far, um, or maybe you did go to the semifinals and you're listening to this, um, right now you're in your off season. So the first thing you need to be doing is honestly creating some vision, creating some vision and kind of like an outlook as to where you want to be. And if you have a coach, they're likely doing this for you. So like when is going to be your next competition and when is going to be your priority competition? So, uh, in the off season, there is also that triple crown where you have the Wadapalooza qualifiers going into Wadapalooza, the Dubai and, uh, the rogue invitational, which are also going to be opportunities for athletes com to complete or to compete on a higher stage. Um, but even if you're not doing that, you know, you still want to kind of look ahead even further. So maybe your next competition season is going to be next year's uh, uh, CrossFit Open going into the quarterfinals and the semifinals. So you need to be creating that vision. The next thing you need to be doing is reflection. Where are you? Like, where are you at in terms of your fitness? 
And I'm not talking about how you measure up to Joe Schmo next to you in the class. I'm talking about on a big scale photo or a big scale picture, like where do your numbers line up on the larger leaderboard? Where, where do you find your weaknesses are? For a lot of people out there, the cool thing about it is they're all, everybody that's brand new, like, or not, I shouldn't say brand new, but kind of like up and coming is they probably don't have any glaring weaknesses. Sometimes you just have like an overall general, like need to bring everything up, which is actually a good place to be in. But let's just say you do see that you fall really short on gymnastics or really short on the aerobic stuff or vice versa. Maybe you're like, man, I can kill the gymnastics. I can kill the aerobic stuff, but like my strength sucks. And what you want to be doing now is mapping out like your off season should be prioritizing, bigging up that, uh, bringing up that glaring weakness. It should be about obviously maybe, um, taking some time, obviously already to recover from your quarterfinal season, but going into this off season, it should be okay. I want to really focus this next 12 weeks on maybe a strength cycle, um, kind of getting that up. I'm going to maintain the other two, maybe let them take a little bit of a, a dive, but I'm going to really focus on that strength work. And then, you know, from there, it's like, okay, then I'm going to start pulling that stuff back in, bringing in the strength that I've gained and adding that to some more gymnastic skills, some more uh, aerobic conditioning or vice versa. Maybe you're like strength is top end, but like you really got to bring up the engine. So you're like really pushing engine work now. Maybe you're doing a lot of strength under fatigue, but you're using this off season to prioritize the things that you need to get better at so that you can capitalize on your strengths when they come back up. So that was, that's kind of where you guys should be. And this is like the great time to do that is taking this time. Now, this is also where those of you guys that have nutritional issues that maybe may need to be working through, which I'm going to go into next is this is the time to be fixing that stuff too. The time to be figuring out nutrition is not in season. So this is the prime time for those of you guys out there that are looking to change body composition, whether it's building some muscle, whether it's getting a little bit leaner, whether it's honestly just optimizing pre intra peri workout or intra workout nutrition, post workout nutrition, how much should you be eating? Whatever it is, now is the time to experiment because you have all the time in the world, not all the time in the world, but you have almost what, almost uh, eight to 10 months. So you think that's a long time, but it's going to come a lot faster than you think. So take that time now, because as I'm going into this, the next thing that I wanted to talk about, as you guys are thinking about what we should be doing right now is the top level athletes in this sport. Most of them now are doing this full time. And even if they're not doing it full time, everything else in their life that they're doing is somehow revolving around this performance, this show. And so they've set up their life in a way to incorporate this as the primary goal and everything else around it just kind of complements. And that's not what you have to do. But those of you out there are like, hey, I really want to get to top level. That's how you should be prioritizing your life. It's not saying no to family stuff and all that. It's just knowing that like, hey, like, I have to know when it's time to go and when it's time to train and when it's time for me to be able to relax. And those athletes know that they have that balance, whether they're full-time doing nothing but CrossFit or they're actually um, in a season where, or in a lifestyle where they do have significant other kids, full-time jobs and stuff like that. They are still prioritizing whatever time they have to getting ready for um, performance and competition. However, what you think that they're focusing on is solely in the gym. And I'm going to tell you right now, that is not the case. And I'm going to give you my own personal talk about this. Um, and guys, I, I haven't honestly really talked about this, but I have a lot of regrets as an athlete. And um, I, I do actually believe in regret, but not regret in like, a, I'm going to dwell on it, but regret in a way of like, we should learn from our mistakes. And so for me, 
I never gave myself the opportunity to be a full-time athlete. And it's not that I ever wanted that. I, I just never understood why it took so much. Like, why, why did I have to give everything up for this? And I honestly have always felt compelled to be helping other people and never really wanted to live that full-time life. However, there was a time in my life where my stress levels were much less. And as I'm going into my last four weeks of training, going into the games, I am trying to minimize stress. So what people think um, really matters is programming. They think programming matters. They think, you know, how much time they have in the gym. You know, they think those two things matter. They think pre-workout matters. They think supplements matter. Guys, that stuff is like not the thing that matters the most. What matters the most are the following. And I didn't even write these down. I'm going to go off the top of my head. One, mindset. And it's not just, oh, I'm going to the gym. I'm going to crush it today. It's everything you do has a reaction. There is a reaction in every action you take. And it's knowing that like going out on a Saturday night and getting drunk when you have to train on Monday morning isn't always the right thing to do. Every once in a while, that's okay. But if that's what you're doing and you're trying to make it to the top level of sport, it ain't going to happen. Those people don't do that shit. Okay. So mindset is everything. And it's mindset of, of like, when you go to the gym, you know, you can't be the person that's like, I don't want to waste any reps. I got to get the best score. No, you're the person that sees the workout and you're going to practice because you're going to want to know what is your strategy? How are you going to effectively program your, I'm sorry, uh, perform that workout to the best of your ability where you, you need to learn about yourself. What are you learning from this workout? What is your goal? So there, there's so much more in the minds that are on your training, but then also in your life outside of your training, like being so much more mindful of things, you know, you're not, you're not the kind of person that ever feels sacrificed by doing things. Yeah, surely there's going to be some guilt sometimes when you feel like you're letting your friends down, but at the end of the day, you have a goal. And the people that are around you know your goal and they're very supportive of that, you know, in all, in all aspects of things. So that's huge. The other mindset is, is a huge one is, is there's never this goal of like being on the podium that pushes you every single day. Meaning, yes, that's the ultimate goal, but when you show up at the gym and you're not hitting your back squat PR that day, you don't get pissed off and walk out the gym and say, I give up. You know, when you, when you're taking time and you're trying to learn skills and you're getting frustrated, you're not telling yourself, I can't do this. You're like, nope, I'm going to practice those things more. So the mindset shift isn't from this, like, well, that's not going to happen. This end goal isn't going to happen. You train, you do what you do because you love the opportunities that it creates. You love seeing the fitness get better. You're so committed to that, that it doesn't matter. Like that's the end goal, but you trust that if you put in the work, it's going to come to you. And those two things are huge for, for mindset. Other things that people don't really think about that really matters. And that's kind of in the mindset shift is like people that are going to the CrossFit games semifinals, they are so invested in everything outside of their training so that when they go to show up in the gym, they're ready to go. You know, so for instance, me, some of my routine stuff that I get ready for every single week is I always have food prepped because I don't want to be thinking about what I'm going to be eating when I finish my training sessions. I want to have it ready to go. It's not a matter of, oh, I don't really feel like eating food that was cooked yesterday. It's like, no, I need to have quality food ready to eat. Some people don't, would rather not stress about that. They actually enjoy that. Everything is different for people. I am turning my phone off at 7 p.m. 7 p.m., my phone's off. 
I need to be able to go to bed because I wake up naturally around 5.36 a.m. So I need to make sure that I'm getting in bed by 8.30 so I can be asleep by 9, 9.30. That's how dialed in I am trying to get to right now. Doesn't happen every single night, but that's what I'm looking for. You know, they're making sure that they're taking in plenty of water, hydration. They're getting in all that good stuff. They're, they're freaking tracking their food. They're not saying, oh, I don't feel like tracking this. No, they're like legitimately making sure they're dialed in. They, they have an idea. And even if they're not tracking it, they're tracking it some other way, whether it's sticking to the same things every day, they're sticking to what makes them feel good. They've learned and adapted over time to know that this is the stuff that they need to perform at their best. You know, so there's all those other things that matter. They're not, they're not worrying about other shit. You know, that's really, really, really important for us to understand because that's what really separates people. It's not the training. It's not the programming. And the last thing I'm going to say is you need to have a coach. You need to have a coach or somebody that you can talk to. It could even be a training partner that really understands you to be able to talk to. Because even myself, you know, my, my coach, God, he's got to be the most patient person ever. Um, because there's times where like, I'm like off the wall, you know, like we all have our times and you know, I'll be depressed and sad and all these things about like, what am I doing? Like, why am I doing this? Because we all get discouraged. But what separates us is that we have that coach that talks to us, reminds us of our purpose and it pulls us back in. And we're like, you know what? You're so right. And the next thing you know, you're back on track. So those are, those are just some things that I really wanted you guys to think about that, you know, as we're kind of coming off of this, like really, really, really exciting time in the CrossFit world, because guys, it's been two years since there was like really live competitions for a lot of people. So it's really, really exciting. Well, I shouldn't say two years, but close to two years. Uh, and this is kind of like the first regionals per se. And then I, the one thing that I really wanted to end on today, and and I honestly, I was worried about ending on it because I feel like those of you guys that are not CrossFitters that are listening to this are going to be like, I'm so bored listening to you talk about CrossFit. But there is so much carryover into everything I said today and, and what athletes do into what you can be doing to better yourself and what you can be doing to better your own life and your own journey. So, you know, there's so many things that being an athlete has taught me in terms of discipline, commitment, um, you know, that feeling of like belonging or accountability to other people, being on a team, like all of these different things, structure, you know, knowing that you need to be prepared, learning how to, you know, keep records of things. All of these things that I have built to be an athlete have transferred over so much to my nutrition. And it's why I full heartedly believe in the inner athlete being the avenue for people to find a way to take control of themselves and their nutrition. I get it. I was that person at one point who was like, man, I just don't feel like doing this. I was the half-ass tracker. I just felt like I didn't, it wasn't necessary. I was performing pretty well. I honestly had just kind of accepted that like my body was never going to change. It's just who I am. I'm just going to be this person. And when I finally decided like, you know what, like I'm going to try something different. And the only thing different I did was fucking commit. I committed and I said, you know what, like I am not giving up. I'm going to stick to this. I was hungry at times. I didn't care. I'm like, I'm going to keep going the way that I'm going. And believe it or not, it was the best thing that I ever did. So um, know that the things, the qualities of an athlete can very much transfer over into those of you guys that are really having a hard time sticking to changing habits in your life to create, you know, better growth. And honestly, you guys just don't know what you don't know. I think for a lot of people, they think that that is a very strict, rigid lifestyle. And it really isn't, you know, there are some people that thrive on structure and rigidity. Others need that flexibility, but either way, the real truth is it all becomes a way to measure, to measure and to ensure that, all the work you're doing is going to improve something because there is science-backed research showing it. There is proof 
that what we're doing is working. So anyways, so hopefully this episode wasn't too boring and blah, 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 blah-ish. Um, you know, I just had a couple of things that I wanted to talk about today and wanted to put it out there. So uh, guys, happy Father's Day. If you are listening to this on Monday, I know it was Father's Day weekend. So um, hopefully you guys all got to celebrate your dads or if you are a dad out there, hopefully you got a little bit of R&R and uh, I will talk to you guys all soon.